P-S-N-Y. Their social media page is fantastic. Yeah, but not just their social media page. Their fans are hilarious. They're so funny. They know how to make fun of themselves. It's like so refreshing. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I guess I got a little bit of that with Padres Twitter. Like when you see a fan base that has just been beat on for so many years and so many really terrible teams and just unwatchable baseball, I guess you kind of have to develop a sense of humor. Otherwise, you know, what's the point? Right, exactly. You're just going to have to suffer and suffer and really suffer. Those poor Marlins. Those poor Their Twitter Marlins. account is incredible, though. We've mentioned them in passing a few times, but it is, it is fantastic. I can't get enough of it. I followed them now because I just want to see whatever they have to say. And they are constantly just self-depreciating, but in the funniest way possible. That's the nice little middle golden area right there. You can be self-depreciating as long as you're funny when you do it. Otherwise, it's just sad. I'm very good at being self-depreciating as well. And I feel like they, I feel like they know what they're doing. I could learn a few things from the Marlins social media account. Yeah, no, I wish the Yankees would take them up on that. I mean, the Yankees Twitter has been a little bit better this year, but it's, I mean, Marlins getting beat like 14, nothing, 15, nothing, 19, nothing. And then everyone's pouring over to them. They're like, all right, Marlins are getting killed tonight. Let's see what they tweet. Let's see what's next. So, hey, everyone. Hi. Sorry, we're a day early. Um, my apologies. It was my fault. I asked for the day to change. So here we are as Garrett Cole is pitching and we're podcasting. Absolutely. This is Two weeks in a row, you changed the schedule last week. You're like, oh, let's do it a day late so we can have a guest on, which was great. All right, I'll allow that. And this week, I don't know, you're like, how about we just do it on Tuesday instead of Wednesday? It's like, I don't know, you're asking a lot of me. But this is episode 73 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, and Warwick Gaming. As always, brought to you by Rivercrest NYC. Uh, Garrett Cole is on the mound. The Yankees are winning. I have a pretty good feeling about tonight. Do you now? Because I do. Because still... They're still in Buffalo, and for some reason, Buffalo just seems to be their kryptonite right now. Well, I said this the other night. I think I think I might have accidentally cursed the Yankees. I mean, I've I mean, I've went to college upstate New York. I know a lot of people from Buffalo, or as they like to call Western New York. It's all upstate to me. That's a huge it debate. It is Western, yes. Yeah, it I'm sure. Different. I'm sure you're familiar with that debate. Knowing people from downstate, the upstate versus Western Central, actual upstate. And they have this crazy thing called downstate. Uh-uh, not a thing. It's Long Island. It's the city. It's Westchester. And then it's upstate. Everything else is upstate. Nope, nope. Western. Western New York. We Besides, don't associate ourselves with Buffalo. Besides the point, though, I think I accidentally cursed the Yankees because on this very podcast, I said that Duff's wings were overrated. I didn't think they were anything special. And now the Yankees just can't win in Buffalo. So I think the people of Buffalo... Uh, put a curse on a folding table and then jumped through it to really seal the deal. And now the Yankees are cursed. 
So wait, you just said that you put a curse on them. Now you're saying that the people of Buffalo put a curse on them. Yeah, I mean, I'm responsible for the curse that has been placed on the Yankees. Oh, so you're the you're the curse beginner here. Yes, I I am the idea. reason. I am the reason that the people okay. of Buffalo got together and jumped through the magic folding table, which cursed the New York Yankees. So for that, I apologize. But apparently, Garrett Cole is immune. Uh, as I'm saying that, he's probably going to give up a three-run home run with nobody on base because that's just how oh yesterday went. Oh, my God. Well, all I can say is that the people of Buffalo obviously did something. They've done a lot of uh, sacrifices over the years, uh, you know, losing to the Patriots as Buffalo Bills. I just It's so funny to follow, follow Buffalo Bills fans. We've talked about this before, too. But um, those poor guys, they've just sacrificed so much just to have the Bills be 2-0 and this season. Yeah, now and it's you know now what? it's football season. It's their year. It's their yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. So, you know what? Let's forget about the Blue Jays. Don't worry about the Blue Jays and Yankees. Just worry about the Buffalo Bills because, yeah, just worry about that. Worry about football. Yeah, and we don't even have to worry about the Blue Jays because, big news, the Yankees have officially clinched a spot in the 2020 expanded playoffs. And... I mean, that's, that's, that was the goal. That's all we needed. It doesn't matter that we're not the first team in the, in the league. It doesn't matter. We're in the playoffs. That's all we needed. It's, it's not like we could have any John Ryan Murphy-esque celebrations. You know, they really just clinked some champagne glasses in a hotel in Buffalo, which is very sad. Oh, but... so, so that's not how the Yankees should celebrate making the, uh, making the playoffs. Right, exactly. But they did it. So they, they had a little celebration, like, woohoo, we did it. But... They know the challenge is not done yet. There's a whole new challenge ahead. It's going to be such a weird playoff. Mm. Um, just, just playoffs in general are just going to be weird. We've once again discussed this before, but the fact that there's really going to be no off days. Um, I wrote the other day for ESNY, just basically very confused as to what the deal is with resting starters and things like that. Like, are the Yankees going to do it? And honestly, I think they should because injuries tended to be the biggest factor this season and there's just going to be no off days they're not going to have any more rest might as well take it right now right it's it's a tough tight walk to rope because as we've seen if a pitcher gets too much rest uh, cough cough chad green when he rested for 10 days the next time you put him in he's just not sharp anymore um so i guess for relievers that's a little bit worse i don't think they'll be getting any like extended extended rest uh, overall, this Chapman will be getting three days at some point, uh, which in the weirdest appeal of all time, somehow the witnesses weren't available. I, like, I've never seen that before. I just, uh, that was the most peculiar thing. I, I don't even know how that could have potentially happened, but apparently yeah, it has to wait till next year. Yeah, well, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Uh, we might just have a random or all this Chapman suspension at the beginning of the year that we're just not going to remember about. And uh, even looking back, I don't, even, I don't even remember who he threw at. I, I just don't remember. As someone on the Rays, I don't remember who it was. Uh, I don't remember what it was about. Broussel, right. Yes. And I'm just, we're going to come back to this in April and be like, why didn't Araldis Chapman come into this save situation? Oh, that's right, because he's been suspended since last year such such an odd thing and the way it was worded too was hilarious like you go on there it's like okay so he made them disappear that's what it sounds like yeah and uh, what do you mean the witnesses aren't available like you don't need witnesses the games are taped we have a record of all of this 
who are you going to ask about it? Well, did, did Oraldis Chapman actually throw at this guy? Did you see it with your own eyes? Like, the broadcast caught it. Millions of people saw it. Well, they can start calling around to everyone be like, hey, did you watch the Yankees game on this day? Oh, you did. Okay, great. Well, we could use you as a witness. Like- they can call me. I'll commit perjury for Oraldis Chapman. I don't care. I'll get up on that stand in the courtroom or virtually, since everything's virtual now. I'll get up in the stand and say, I don't know what you're talking about. I have never once seen a Royaldis Chapman lose control of his fastball. Never once. Never once. I would pull out the stats of his four-seam fastball and how inaccurate it was and how only half of them are in the zone. The rest of them are all over the place. Yeah, and it wasn't the, say- We're going back to it already. It wasn't the situation to hit somebody in. It just – it wasn't. And no. – we know that Aroldis Chapman, if anything is even slightly off with his delivery, the fastball is the first thing to go. And then he throws me get me over sliders that Altuve gets a buzz for and sends it over the left field wall. But And honestly, one pitch into a Chapman outing, you know whether it's going to be good or bad. You just can tell right away. Oh, yeah. And, and we've seen that a lot of times where he loses the first two, like high and away on a, on a right-handed batter. And you're like, all right, this is – we're in for one of those, like, bases loaded, like just barely gets the corner slider, maybe gets a call for the third out. And you, you take a breath. You're like, whew. And the numbers aren't affected. He gets the save. But you're also like, we were like a bloop single away from losing this game. Thank you, overall, this. Agreed, agreed. We've definitely seen those, uh, those outings from him too, but – I mean, looking forward to the playoffs. I mean, we can finally discuss playoffs because it's officially been clinched. The Yankees, according to baseball reference, have a 7% chance to win the World Series. So, I mean, man, they got to go through this juggernaut thing that's the best of three series. I I don't like it. Hate it. It is not enough games. You see Mm -hmm. good teams lose two out of three all the time. Because in baseball, more than any other sport, it really comes down to getting lucky for the most mm-hmm. part where the big hit could very well be like a shattered bat blooper that just dips in past the second baseman down the right field line. And you just happen to have guys on second and third with two outs. So they're running anyway. So yeah, right. you get two runs there and those are like huge two runs, but that's just, I mean, that's a good pitch by the pitcher. It's a bad hit by the hitter. And all of a sudden, you know, you're in danger of losing that game. And you can kind of weed it out with a seven-game series. I didn't even like the five-game series. I always said the ALDS should be seven games because you do see a lot of times the better team doesn't win that, and that's just baseball. For sure. It's not like basketball. I mean, thinking back to, like, 2017 with the Yankees and the Indians, obviously they needed all five games to come back, but the Indians were up 2-0, and they should have easily won that series. Um, I mean, do you think the Indians were the better team at that time? I don't know if they were the better team. I know their rotation was way better. Oh, yeah, So for if, sure. you're, if you're looking at a seven-game series and you take a 2-0 lead with Corey Kluber and uh, who, who else was even on that team, um, maybe Carrasco was on that team. I don't even remember yeah. looking that far back. But if you take a 2-0 lead and you have a really good rotation, you have a really good chance of winning that series. And instead, you know, Kluber only gets the chance to pitch one more time. Instead of if you go to a game seven, you're getting Corey Kluber three times. And he won the Cy Young that year. So, I mean, that's not a guy that you want to see three times in a playoff series. But it's probably the guy, if you're Cleveland, you're like, yeah, this is, this is why we signed him. So that he could pitch three playoff games and absolutely shut down the competition. We only have to win one other game that Corey Kluber's not on the mound. I mean, they had Clev. They had Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. 
So, I mean, they definitely had, yeah, it was a far better rotation than anything the Yankees were putting out there. And uh, I don't know. I'm just now I'm looking back to 2017. Ah, the memories. Also, speaking of memories, I do have to say this is a little aside, but it's all about Yankees. Um, in 2012, so eight years ago today, I was at a Yankees game where they won in 14 innings on a walk-off error, and they played the Oakland A's. And I was looking at this game um, in the box score because I was just kind of like really interested to see like who was playing during that game. All I remember is the Yankees were up. Uh, they, I think they gave up the lead in the ninth. And so they eventually had to go to extra innings. And then all of a sudden in the 13th inning, the, uh, the Oakland A's hit three home runs. And I just remember there were like two or three Oakland fans in our section who got up and just left after those home runs. And we're like, why are you leaving? You guys are winning. And they're like, yeah, not for long. Like, this is just how it goes. <laughs> so yeah, I just, I was going back to that memory and uh, that was today, eight years ago. And would you like to hear a little bit about the, uh, the lineup on that day? Ooh, absolutely. Uh, be, uh, I said, oh, because DJ LeMay, he almost hit a home run. It was a great yeah, catch by the center fielder. He, oh. he got close. It got close in the MVP conversation. We'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yankees won 10 to 9 over the Oakland A's in a 108 game. Attendance was 44,026. I was one of those. Isn't it so interesting to hear the attendance nowadays? Because, like, <laughs> what, what do you mean there were fans? Oh, we, we're going to have to talk about that, that mm-hmm. Fenway Park incident too later. We have a list of things to discuss here. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, on the Oakland A's that day, we were facing Stephen Drew, Johnny Gomes. Ioannis Cespedes, Chris Carter, Josh Reddick, Josh Donaldson, okay? That's who we were facing in the lineup. The New York Yankees, Derek Jeter, Ichiro Suzuki, Alex Rodriguez, Robinson Cano, Nick Swisher, and then Eduardo Nunez came in for Nick Swisher for some reason. Um, Casey McGahee. Oh, there's a name I haven't heard in a while. (laughs) And guess who came in to pinch hit for him? Raul Ibanez. And Raul Ibanez had four at-bats in this game and was three for four <laughs> with two home runs. We love Raul Ibanez. This isn't the uh, first time. Does. This isn't the first time we brought him up. Right, exactly. But I just remember he went off. It was insane. Um, Jason Nix, Andrew Jones, and catching was Chris Stewart. Ooh, Chris Stewart. I went to high school with a kid named Chris Stewart while Chris Stewart was on the Yankees. I made a lot of bad jokes about that. I wish I could take them Did all he back. Get them? No, he got them. He understood. Okay. He was like, oh, yeah, there's a catcher on the Yankees named Chris Stewart. Like, thanks for talking about this at lunch for the 18th straight day. I think I'm just going to sit with somebody else tomorrow. <laughs> and our buddy, um, our buddy Jabba Chamberlain pitched during that game. Um, Ivan Nova started. Uh, Boone Logan came in. Derek Lowe was in there. Oh, my God. Just, like, reading through this was hilarious. Freddie Garcia, like, all these guys were pitching this game. And then you look at today's Yankees, and they're like, I can't even imagine they ever had a team that was just that bad. Uh, I know. I know. (laughs) And yet they still managed to win on a walk-off error. It was a ball hit to first base by Eduardo Nunez. So this is the start of his mediocrity. 
My favorite walk-off error of all time will always be the Luis Castillo play. And he dropped, he dropped the ball. He dropped the ball. It oh was perfect God. that it was A-Rod too. Mets fans hate A-Rod more than anybody on earth until he tried to buy the team from the Wilpons. The, the Wilpons might be the only people that Mets fans hate more than A-Rod. I would say so. Yeah, I can agree but, to that. Oh, the fact that it was A-Rod, the fact that it was Yankees, Mets, it was, I mean, it was just a perfect storm for me going into school the next day. <laughs> so you want to talk about, what do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about our friend at Fenway Park? Uh, yeah, let's just get that out of the way. Cause it was, yeah. I mean, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. DJ LeMayhew of all people was confused. Like it did his computer didn't have it going through his head he's like no uh, according to my brain records there are supposed to be no fans here and yet there is a fan in the stadium he's like calculating all this it, it like i said reminds me of the this is sports center commercial with albert Pujols and the whole you know machine thing and like you can look through his eyes and see it cardinals but, fans are mad about that i didn't know this that cardinals fans hate when we call dj lemayhew the machine because they're like that nickname's well, already taken but he is though he's la machina it's perfect. It rolls right off time. DJ La Machine. I, mean, I know that's Spanish and the last name is French, so it really doesn't make much sense, but you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, no, strangest thing ever. Um, the guy was yelling about how, you know, people weren't Michael Jordan. And then he was talking about how he loves New York and go America and throwing hats. And it was just, how did he get there? Is he been living in the green because there's honestly no way he could have gotten in there no I, Unless... have, I have no idea like i really i would like to know how he got in whether he like scaled the side of the green monster it's just he just comes up he's throwing hats on the field he's throwing a nerf football on the field yelling about 9-11 in the boston marathon and i was like yeah. what is this guy doing right right and like it was very peculiar because I saw John Boy's breakdown, which, by the way, once again, great job because we could actually hear everything that was being said. Um, and I was like, I, what? Like, I don't understand what he's trying to say. And then, of course, you know, he's like, whoa, you know, cheering and then climbing around the other side. And security's just like, oh, man, we actually have to do a job today. Like, what? <laughs> what do you mean we have to work? We haven't had any fans this year. I mean, that cardboard cutout over there, he's causing some trouble here. But, you know, this guy, he's real. He's moving. And like you said, DJ LeMayhew actually made an expression on his face. Like, he doesn't do that. No, especially with the so, sunglasses on, too. And he was like, yeah. he looked like the Terminator computing what was going on. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, thankfully, that guy was taken out of the stadium and brought for mental help. Uh, yes. So, you know, good for him that he's going to get the help that he definitely needs. Uh, but I mean, if I was, you know, a fan and I was like, I'm going to sneak into the stadium, they would never know that I was there. I would never make a scene. I'd get to the first point where I can see the field and I'd be like, all right, I'm camping out here for the rest of my life. I got my snacks. I got my granola bars. I got my water. Like, this is where I live now. I live at Fenway Park. And when the Red Sox go on a road trip, I will continue to live here. Yeah. That works. That works. I mean, honestly, I don't really know any, I don't know much about the green monster because I haven't been inside the green monster, but like, is it air conditioned? Does it have heat? Could someone potentially live in there? Like I'm interested to know now because there might be other people lurking in that stadium. It, is it actually, old. it actually reminds me of, I think maybe it was Miami, but a homeless guy snuck in, in the off season and camped out in one of the suites. He was there for weeks. 
like weeks and nobody knew that he was just camping out in one of the suites i mean he was like that was high living for him good for him yeah yeah i don't know how they discovered him maybe like people are trying to get back to the office people maybe just walking around the stadium the gm's like i'm gonna make some phone calls do a walk around the stadium see what's up wait hold on the lights are on in that suite that doesn't make any sense oh there's been a homeless person living here for months well actually if we're being honest here it was you said miami i think so but i don't remember well, if it was Miami, they're also home to a bunch of homeless cats. So you remember the homeless cats that climbed up on the statue, right? That I don't remember. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> it's about cats. So, of course, I remember. But I'll have to send you the video. But, yes, uh, a couple seasons ago, I think it was, there was a cat on the field. And he, like, ran up onto that big home run structure. And everyone's like, what are we going to do with the cat? And they realized the cat was living there. That's so what cute. I'll never get tired of animals running on the field. Like you remember the rally squirrel from a few years ago? Dude, you remember the rally cat from the Cowboys Giants game? That was the greatest moment of my life. People oh. made a football card of him and they were like, <laughs> this guy, absolute unit. And they like analyzed all his movements and they're like, look at the way his front paws are just like exerting themselves so he can just propel forward i'm like this is hilarious this yeah is the clip single-handedly brought back espn sports science <laughs> yes exactly rally cat go him but yes i love when animals are on the field it's hilarious oh man the grasshopper i don't know how oh and clint frazier just this weekend there you he, go perfect he yeah. saved a bug and then he crushed a homer so like it's it's a nice little single sees a bug and he's like yeah oh, i'm gonna just take my sw- my shift card, pick this bug up, get it out of the way. Uh, oh, man. Clint Frazier, what a great guy. Got that good karma got for that home run. Listen, Clint Frazier this year has, like we talked about, thoroughly impressed me defensively and offensively, but also personally, like as a person. I feel like he has either matured or people are actually starting to see the real him and he feels more comfortable being in this position. I'm not Absolutely. sure which it is. And we, we called it a few weeks ago, that time that I hit on Clint Frazier for you, and then we found out he had a new girlfriend. Like, I don't know, maybe Clint's new girlfriend is making him a, a better man. I didn't even think about that. Oh, my gosh. What a sweetheart. She's not even tagged, so I can't even personally thank her. But Or stalk her. Yeah, whatever. It wouldn't be the first time you stalked a Yankee. What? Excuse me. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was not me. That was not me. Can you believe that was this year? <laughs> that was this year that that happened. That feels like it was literally like five years ago. It just does not feel like it was any time recently. It wouldn't have shocked me if you told me that was like after the 2009 World Series. Like this happened in the off season. I'm like, yeah, that but the timeline probably lines up for that. I wonder. Uh, I wonder how she's doing. You know. Oh, I, I, she, maybe she still has her Twitter. I'm gonna have to look back and see and see if yeah. she's still like tweeting that Brooke Gardner is her lover. She's not. <laughs> not because it's me. It's just probably not. Okay. We'll believe you eventually. That's fine. Okay. Great. That's fine. Great. Whatever Great. you do Great. in the off season is totally up to you, Allison. Oh, okay, just the off season? I can't do whatever I want, whatever I want? No, he, she, he, he needs to focus during the season. You know that. You're right. You're right. Um, sweet. What else do we get to talk about today? Uh, we got a little MVP talk. We got two players in the MVP conversation. I don't know if either will win, uh, but Luke Voigt and DJ LeMayhew having a heck of a year for the Yankees. DJ might get a batting title this year, finally. 
But once again, same guy is uh, is right there with him, Timmy Anderson. So they, uh, it's very, very cool to have this kind of thing in this. Like, honestly, you haven't really had much of an MVP candidate for a while, except for DJ was last year. But even before that, he looked like Aaron Judge, and you're like, eh, he had a chance but just didn't capitalize on it. Now you got two. No, he should have. He should have been the 2017 MVP. Well, they they factored. They factored batting average way too much into that. It was like the only stat that Jose Altuve had over him. And then you had the whole buzzer gate thing. But you know, we'll leave that one to put that one to rest. Yes, I still want to make a TikTok about that. I just need an Astros jersey. If someone can let me borrow an Astros jersey, I won't burn it. I just need to wear it. Is TikTok thing still a thing? I thought that got shut down. I'm still working on it. Still working still on it. Still working. Still but working. Um, yeah, I mean, it's incredible to have two Yankees in the conversation, let alone Luke Voigt of all people. Like you would expect DJ LeMahieu. Of course, it's only his second season in the Bronx, so you're not really sure what was going to happen. But just the way he plays, I mean, that guy is, like we said, a machine. He works hard. If something's wrong, he wants to fix it. He is dedicated to the game and to the craft. Like that is his life. Absolutely. And that's like classic Brian Cashman for DJ LeMayhew, yeah. where when we signed him, we got him for two years, 24 million. And people are like, I don't know if DJ is going to be that good. Cause you know, it might be a product of Coors Field, who knows? And Brian Cashman's like, I know that we don't actually have a place for this guy just quite yet. We're going to find one. We're going to find oh, a way yeah. to get this guy in the lineup almost every day. Absolutely. And then Luke Voigt, like, if you told me at the beginning of the season you would have expected him to be in the MVP conversation, I would have laughed in your face. Yeah, I mean, he's just – he he's a nice addition to the offense. That's what mm-hmm. you think of him coming into the right. season. So this guy's a lot better than we thought he was going to be. He's going to he's gonna be a pretty decent hitter. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be a top 10 hitter, like Max said. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Luke Boyd comes out and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to put this team on my back through all these injuries. And oh, and as we say that, Luke Voigt hits a nice soft ground to the third base. Oh, you're ahead of me. Oof, that's not good. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, I, I'm just impressed that he's even in that conversation. Not just with the home runs in general, but like, he's been clutch. Just, I love it. I love it. And, you know, he obviously slimmed down this offseason. Him and his wifey were doing, like, some insane dieting and stuff like that. And he looked like a totally different person. My mom, after the, the season first started, she, like, called me. And she goes, I literally was watching the game. I was like, who is this guy? And I didn't realize it was Luke Voigt because he lost so much weight. He just looks different. And long hair Luke now. Long hair Luke. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. Uh, where's Glaber's glasses, though? That's I'm not fine with. No, and, and I mean, Glaber obviously doesn't need them, but it's nice to know that he's as superstitious he as we are. Like, if something's working for him, he finally breaks out of a pretty brutal season. By the way, Gary mm-hmm. Sanchez is also yeah. breaking out of a brutal season. Uh, mm-hmm. just throwing to throw that one out there. But it's nice to see him really embrace the glasses and say, okay, this is where my power comes from. Glasses, Glaber forever. Roto Wear made a great shirt on it because every shirt they make is absolutely fantastic. Thank God they got the rights to do all this stuff legally. I was thinking the same thing. I, you know, I saw that everyone, everyone that they post on Twitter is just like now, you know, promoted by or sponsored by this. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Because now everything looks so much cooler. So yeah, I agree. But I'm disappointed he doesn't have his glasses on. 
And, you know, interestingly enough, I've heard some wonderful things um, recently about my buddy Brett Gardner, you know? Yeah, yeah, Brett's starting to break out of it a little bit, too. He's doing okay. He's doing okay. I saw some stats this morning. Um, <clears throat> and he basically was... Ooh, Glaber to the gap. That's a double. That's a two-bagger. <laughs> of course, Big Baby David. You know Big Baby David. Absolutely. Right? I love Big Baby David. So, of course, he put stuff up about Brett Gardner because, thank goodness, someone has to, and it can't just be me. But since September 11th, he's 9 for 21, two home runs, double, triple, seven walks, five RBI, seven runs. It's finally coming around right at the right time. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Sorry, I went running today, and so – now I'm just flexing on how athletic I am, you know, and I can't talk. But another thing about Brett Gardner that we didn't even have in our topics to discuss, Clint Frazier and Brett Gardner. There's obviously a feud going on there, not just for positions, but for the freaking turtleneck. I don't understand what's going on. Oh, my, this is like in, in spring training, the video of Tyler Wade getting mic'd up and, and, Brett Gardner comes over and rips his shirt. It's like, oh, oh man, that's unbelievable. Like the same thing happened with Clint Frazier where he tweets, he tweets out like, oh, Gardy just had to show me he was the man. And you just know behind that phone screen, like Clint's in the, in the showers having a nice cry about it. I can't believe Gardy broke. He, he took my turtleneck. He's going to stretch it out with his giant head. <laughs> Either that or he's literally sitting behind him while he's typing the tweet like, yup. Yeah, there you go. That's going to be some great PR for you, young kid. Now give me your turtleneck. Like, Brett Gardner's a bully. He is. Brett Gardner is the bully of the Yankees locker room. He's a prankster. He's just pranking, you know? It's a fine line, Allison. It's a fine line. I guess you're right. But honestly, I find it pretty funny, especially because this should be a situation where they should hate each other right now. Because, like, Clint Frazier's like – yo, you're taking my time in the outfield. And Brett Gardner's like, I don't want to retire just yet. And you're too good. So they should really be kind of button heads right now. And they are, but in a more casual way. Yeah, you know, in the press, behind the scenes, you know, there's some major kangaroo court going on. Um, But yeah, and uh, hey, Brett Gardner had a pretty nice day in the turtleneck. He had two for four that day. So yeah. good for him. He's going to keep wearing the turtleneck. Uh, Clint Frazier's at bat right now, and he is not wearing a turtleneck. So clearly he has not gotten a replacement for this particular piece of garment. Well, maybe he's hitting well without his turtleneck. So maybe it could help both of them. If it helps the team, I think it works. Absolutely. I just so never pictured Brett Gardner as a turtleneck kind of guy. I, I pictured him being like classic October, like, southern country guy it's like no matter how cold it gets i will not wear sleeves i will not wear a turtleneck like an offensive lineman in you know february right i don't care how cold it is yeah it's snowing on the field right now i won't put sleeves on i won't do it okay so you know what now i'm thinking about it because i've I've been thinking about this for a little bit i've seen brett gardner in the turtleneck Reminds me of October baseball, which is great because it reminds me of like old school days where like Derek Jeter's wearing his turtleneck and stuff. However, with the turtleneck and the bald head, 
it reminds me of that guy from the master of disguise with the turtle costume we've talked about this and you have not seen this film i have not seen this film you have not seen the film and oh my gosh i'm gonna have to do a comparison a side by side i'll have to do it okay <laughs> is that what you're doing right now or are you gonna put it up on I'm your doing screen it right now master of disguised turtle man i'll never see brett gardner as anything but the but the thumb men from uh what was it spy kids spy kids the giant thumb men i'll never see him as anything but that the first time i saw a meme of that i was like all right that's locked into my memory forever he's just a giant thumb someone photoshopped his face onto the thumb and i was like please (laughs) (laughs) i was like this can't be real now i can't unsee it can't ever unsee that oh my Okay, I found Turtle Man. I just, you know, I gotta get. I'll post it on Twitter. I'll post it. Okay, I will. I will wait, holding my breath for that. Yes, please wait with bated breath of my next tweet because it's gonna be great. It's going to be fabulous. I'm just writing down a little reminder for myself to look out for your next tweet because of Turtle oh, Man. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Why do you not just check my tweets on the daily? Oh, and no, absolutely. First thing I do when I wake up, say, all right, what did Allison tweet yesterday? Yeah, I'm trying to learn this iOS 14 for my iPhone, and people are doing their home screens, which yesterday I was very confused. I went on Twitter and everyone's like, oh my God, home screens. And I'm like, what? I'm not going to be able to do that. This is This is the moment that I've been fearing for my entire life, like that moment when you always made fun of your parents when they were younger for not understanding like technology that just comes second nature to you as a kid where you're like, like the, like the Wii when the Wii came out, mm. like, well, where do you, where do you point the thing? I'm like, mom, God, there's a sensor. You pointed at the sensor. This makes sense. And now I'm like, what customizing your, but where, how are you going to find all your apps? How are you going to find your, your phone app? I'm like, what do you mean your phone app? You still call people on your phone? Fucking grandpa. I do. No, I, I, I do too. I make Only phone calls too. All right, I found the comparison. I don't even tweet it while we're on the air. How how technologically savvy do I have to be to do that? So technologically savvy. I'm going to pull up my Twitter right now, and I'm just going to refresh until I see it. Okay. This is going to be burned into my brain forever now. It's replacing the thumb picture, so it's it's a lot of pressure. I guess so, huh? <laughs> um. All right, what else you got going on, though? Ooh, not good. Kevin Biggio just hit a home run off Garrett Cole. Just a solo shot, so you know it's not the end of the world. But I was really hoping for a shutout today. I think that would have been really cool. Yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been real nice. But real topics. Um, Since the playoffs are coming up, I think we are more or less locked in to the Minnesota Twins. I think that's, that's the team that I don't... Oh, you put the ios 14 on there too um yeah i think the twins are it uh it's scary lineup not so scary pitching staff uh are you what's your what's your concern level one to ten uh my here's my biggest concern i like you mentioned starting rotation not a big deal whatever yankees offense is is far too strong for that lineup very powerful so the Yankees have to score runs i mean that's that's kind of the key however I'm worried about the fact that two of the three games or all of them are going to be quote unquote home games. I don't like that. 
Why not? Because I just, I don't like it. First of all, I don't like being the away team. I hate being the away team because it makes me feel like you're already at a disadvantage, which you kind of are in a way because you don't get that opportunity to have the last ups in a game. And second, I feel like the Twins thrive regardless of where they are because they've played a couple of games this year that have not been in their home ballpark as the home team due to like, you know, funky stuff that's going on. And I feel like they thrive on that. So I don't like it. That's fair. Uh, to one point, I actually did read one time that before baseball had like fans when it was still basically a 1800s nobody's game or just playing for fun. The away team was given first at bats as a courtesy. So without fans and they were all playing on the same field, it's like, oh, we'll let you hit first. So it was supposed to be an advantage. Now it is not like that. It's no. because, yeah. And, you know, Yankee Stadium with our home run hitters. It'd be nice to have that short porch. They got a lot of home run hitters too. I don't really love the idea of Clint Frazier playing left field in uh, target field because he hasn't played that this year. He hasn't played it there. And the one thing that really does scare me is the Yankees are notoriously bad seeing pitchers for the first time. Uh, I mean, we've seen all these guys before, so I don't, you know, like Kenta Maeda, we, we knocked him around pretty good last year. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but I don't love the fact that we haven't actually seen them in person at all this year. Cause that's, I mean, that's just one of those pet peeves about the Yankees. John means of all people for the Orioles tore us apart last year. And he was, mm-hmm. he was not good. He threw a, no. a low nineties fastball and a pretty good changeup. And that was it. And he just threw changeup after changeup after changeup. And it was the first time we had ever seen him. I think he threw like seven shutout innings against us. And that's just not a good pitcher. So that's the one thing I'm concerned about is the offense falling asleep against pitchers that we haven't seen this year. But other than that, I mean, my concern level is at like a four. That's, I mean, that's definitely, definitely good fear. But yeah, I, I think my biggest thing is the the home field advantage. Although there are no fans, I mean, it's still very clear that like the Yankees play better at home because they're used to the ballpark dimensions. They're very familiar with right field and how that works. They're very familiar with left field. Um, you know, and, and obviously the Minnesota Twins have played at target field for a very long time. So they're very aware. Yeah. Do you see I it? Saw it? Yep. I see it. You see it now. It's a very good comparison. Uh, I don't think it's going to replace the thumb for me. Oh, no, it shouldn't. Yeah, just because, again, that, that meme of his face actually on the thumb is like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but, yes, I mean, I think the main concern I have is the home field advantage because despite there being no fans, I think there still is a massive home field advantage for the Minnesota Twins, and that scares me. Yeah, just just from a just from a comfortability standpoint, mm-hmm. and every team is going to have to quarantine in a hotel, even in their even in their own parks. Uh, New York staffers actually had to start their quarantine today uh, if they want to be with the team for Aww. you know the, the rest of the playoffs. They have to hit the hotel today. They're officially in lockdown. Um, I don't know how they're going to transport them to the next site without breaking lockdown. <laughs> Remains to be seen. Um, oh. Yeah. They just showed a video of a third base coach getting hit with a bat. That is, oh man, that's why did they do that? I see it. I see it now. I wish I wish I had the volume on for this game so I could understand. Oh, it's Tommy Lasorda. I don't understand how this how this comes into play right now though. Like what what in this game that I just missed? What in this game that I just missed would bring up Tommy Lasorda (laughs) getting hit with a bat as the third base coach? 
Did you see the uh, the Reds grounds crew guy who chased down the ball? That was a foul ball into right field. Chased it down, goes and grabs it, and then he goes to make a smooth move back into the stands, and he's on the tarp and hits his face. Yeah, can't oh. do that. No, you can't do that unless you know you can do that. That's like <laughs> one of those things. You can't take that risk. The best part, though, is I think it was Cut 4 posted it, and they were like, the new season of Wipeout begins, you know. And the guy who was actually on the grounds crew commented on it. And he's like, let me know. And they were like, oh, my God, it's the guy. <laughs> no, that's – oh, that was a, that was an ugly video just because I, I hate that because people try to do that. But unless you know you can do that, unless you get over the wall every single time by jumping on top of the tarp and then sliding over – you can't do that when it's on national television. You just have to have the wherewithal in mind. Just be like, let's not take any risks right now. I know the cameras are on me. Exactly. Well, good. I mean, <sighs> I like watching Garrett Cole. Did Clint Frazier just make a catch in center field? That doesn't make any sense. It looked like he was right up the middle. Maybe it's just the weird cameras because we're in Buffalo. It's got to be the weird cameras. Yeah, but now I have to check the lineup to see if for some reason he's playing center field. He's not. No, he's in right field. Okay, yeah. yeah. It must have just been the weird camera angle. It was straight away on him. I could have sworn he was Aaron Hicks. He's not Aaron Hicks, no. Does Aaron mm. Hicks have the uh, the high socks? I don't know, but I think, he, I think he might be the only person in history who's better with low pants instead of high socks. High agree. socks Hicks has not been great. No, I can agree to that too. Based on uh, numerous, numerous testing I've seen, that his stats are far better when his uh, when his pants are, I don't know, regular? Regular. Regular pants. Oh, regular all right. Pants, Hicks. Regular pants. Low pants. Uh, back on topic. Starting rotation. What do you own with for your order? Because we're going to need the whole order. No days off. I know this really, really is rough here for me. Um, well, obviously, Garrett Cole won. Masa, masa, masa. Okay. Two. <laughs> I mean, this is this is where where it gets you. There's no Luis Severino that you could go with, um, who normally would probably be number three, if not number two. He definitely wouldn't be number one. Um, I think you have to have Jay Happ in there as well. I think and Jay, as much as I can't believe i'm about to say this i think jay Happ has to be your third starter that's what i'm thinking because honestly like you you saw debbie garcia the other day he didn't have his curveball he wasn't using his curveball if what i was on i didn't watch the game but um i don't believe he's using his curveball he didn't have a finishing pitch he couldn't finish batters off and you know starting to show his uh his youth a little bit and it's it's something you don't want to plug in a 21-year-old kid into the third spot in the rotation in a do-or-die game. You don't want to do that. No, especially in a three-game series, you know. Right, exactly. You're maybe looking at – I don't know how much time is off between series, uh, but maybe you're looking at – There's barely any. Yeah, I think you're kind of deciding between Garcia, Montgomery, and maybe even Clark Schmidt for game one of the next series if you go three um, games. You know, I forgot about uh, Jordan Montgomery. I was thinking more along the lines of like having Michael King, but 
Michael King has been struggling as of late, and he struggles when he has to go past like the third inning, which is not great. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on with him. Maybe it's the transition to the bullpen that's a little a little off for him. Uh, he, I mean, <laughs> he opened yesterday and kind of mm-hmm. got beat around. Um, but I mean, he's been a starter his whole life, and that is a tough transition to make. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I want Michael King really pitching at all in the playoffs. Mm. I mean, I definitely think you're you're going to see as much as people don't want to see him. You're going to see Jay Happ. Um, and you're probably going to see him in a starting position just because of his veteran experience and the fact that he's right now pitching pretty well and he's picked it up towards the end of the season. So you're probably going to see him more in that third role, I would believe. I think you're right with that. And, you know, kind of looking at like other potential starters and things like that, Jordan Montgomery is really the only one that pops into mind, even though he has been struggling a little bit lately too. But, you know, players like Jonathan Loisega, who's been pretty good out of the pen for the most part. I like, I like the idea of keeping him in the pen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. His stuff plays like that with a great curve ball and the, and the fastball, it's got a lot of life on it. And he's kind of like, he's like Davey Garcia a few more years along. Maybe not as maybe not as talented, but he, I mean he's just he feels like he's just a little bit further along, and he really settled into that role nicely. Uh, yeah. I'm just trying to pull up Jay Happ's like game log now because yeah he has been absurd for the past ten games. <laughs> yeah, Jay. Ha- I mean, obviously he gave up runs and things like that. But the other thing you've got to think about which a lot of people don't think about is you know this offense should be able to score at least three runs if not more but he also has gotten some really good run support um in quite a few games so his run support he's averaging 5.27 runs each start yeah half is half has lowered his era from 10.29 to 3.25 (laughs) <laughs> not yes. not a bad improvement not yeah not terrible at all. ironically course, ironically immediately after we had max on and we talked about how absolutely dog shit he is hey look at that i mean the only real blemish he kind of had over that was you know against the new york mets uh that game we all know that game where they ended up losing i believe was part of a double header yeah five innings four yeah. earned even even including that game though, and including you know August, this is mm-hmm. what twelve runs total in something like forty innings. Mm-hmm. I mean that's pretty decent stuff. And I'm still yeah. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop because it's Jay Happ. Like we've seen this, we've seen this story play out before. When is the other shoe gonna drop? Even Max told us like his peripheral stuff doesn't really. It doesn't really look any better. Like his spin rate's still down. He's just locating better and he's using his pitches more effectively. So I don't know. Maybe I don't want to wait until game three of the playoffs for Jay Happ to have that blow up start when we really need him to. Because if we're playing a game three of a round one series, mm-hmm. it's, it's Jay Happ and that's a do or die game. And I, yeah. that makes me super uncomfortable. That's, that would bring my concern level up to like an eight. As good as he's been, Jay Happ in the playoffs in a do or die game. I am I am clenching my fists the entire time. 
I mean, he, the last time he started in the playoffs was back in 2018 against the Red Sox. And he was terrible. He was bad. So last season, you know, with going down the stretch where he really wasn't that great, he was sent to the bullpen. Um, So he didn't get to start. But yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, the fact that the Yankees don't have a third starter is definitely super concerning. (laughs) Yeah. And oh, man, now you have to wonder too. I can't imagine that Jay Happ hasn't hit his vesting option mark for 2021. I bet he has. So yeah. we're going to have this guy again in 2021 for $17 million that he's not worth. And he's just, he's not going to be this Jay Happ. I have no faith in him to be this Jay Happ for the entirety of 2021. I expect more of like the five ERA kind of Jay Happ. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, I don't know. This is just the dark spot in our lineup. We don't have any other one. We don't have anyone to fill in for that starting spot. And we don't really have anyone in the bullpen that we can go three innings, four innings, five innings. So we're just kind of stuck with them. Right, right. You just kind of got to do <laughs> do what you got to do. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that Luis Severino is not here is, is really, really hurting the Yankees right now. And it's more so in the playoffs than, um, you and know, James Paxton. the season. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Oh my God, I forgot about James Paxton. Yeah, James Paxton, I'd be, with his struggles this year, even still, I would be totally comfortable with James Paxton in a do or die playoff game. Because that's still somebody you're like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he gets knocked around early and he gives up three runs and they have to take him out early. Or he'll give you eight shutout innings and 11 Ks. And that's like the James Paxton that I, I would more expect to see in the playoffs than you know getting killed at the plate james paxton i would expect Mm -hmm. him to be dominant and we saw last year in the playoffs he didn't even want to come out of that game against the astros last year and he got that final out with a long long fly ball to left field just barely stayed in the park but it really did make a good video if you if you don't consider the fact that the next batter almost tied the game yeah that was that was something uh tbt tbt what else you got all right. Last thing I got for the Yankees, bullpen trust tree. Where are we at? <laughs> it ain't great, my friend. It ain't great. Who do you trust? Uh, Who do you have on the sturdy branches? Uh, well, right now, I still trust Zach Britton with my life. Yes. I still do. You know, the man's a ground ball pitcher. That's probably the best part (laughs) is really, you know, he's hopefully not going to give up home runs. You know, I'm starting to regain more trust in Adam Adovino. Um, Just with the movement I've been seeing from him, I'm like, okay, this could potentially work again. Ooh, RBI Um, single for Aaron Judge. But it's not too, too high. What? DJ LeMay, just got thrown out at third. It wasn't the third out, so the run still scores. But it was a really good relay. He got thrown out at third. Hate to see that. Why would you go to third on that? Oh, he got a, a judge got a double on that. But it was it was it was, it was a it was a gapper, but but the center fielder cut it off uh, early enough that he could make the throw to third while DJ was trying to go first to third. Disagree. I disagree. You do not send the man. No, it was a Why great great then? play by by. Guriel, though. Oh, he might be safe. We're going to go into a replay, I think. He might be safe. Uh, still great play. He's very just, close because he yeah. reached right for his foot. Um, I mean, 
it's really hard. He's safe. It's really hard to trust Chad Green, even though I have trusted him for so many years and for so long. And it's also getting hard for me to trust Luis Sessa right now because I don't know. I'm just getting a bad feeling in my well, the mind. The Yankees are misusing him. They're not putting him in high leverage leverage situations. Well, this is also true. And that's, uh, that's on them. That's on them. So honestly, I guess the only one I trust in the bullpen is Zach Britton. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, Chapman, we know if he loses control, it is, we're in for a bumpy ride. Um, but I still think he usually gets it done. So I think, I mean, my trust tree would have to go. Zach Brayton's number one. He's got the oh, strongest sure. branch. He is he is the center of the oak tree. And then I would agree. Chapman, Adovino. Uh, I can't believe I'm going to say Chad Green. I still sort of trust him. And then after that, it's like, their branches that young James would not climb out onto if he was climbing the trust tree. Ah, correct. Correct. And yeah, I think that's all I have for the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, I'm good on the Yankees. I think the only thing I really needed to talk about was obviously Brett Gardner, Clint Frazier, like, of course, super like every important. week, like every week. Yeah. Um, all right. Well then league wide, I have one and only one thing to say about the rest of the major league baseball. The San Diego Padres have clinched their first postseason berth since 2006. Uh, I'm not going to say it's because I jumped on the bandwagon because I jumped on early and the Padres have been good all year. Um, but I mean, it's just super fun ride. I'm so thankful of everyone on Padres Twitter to have accepted you and me as one of their own. And they, I mean, after all the terrible, terrible years they've been through, I mean, 14 years since their last playoff season, they deserve this more than anybody. So good for the Padres, looking good for the future. They're playing the game the way that we want to watch the game. They're playing it with loosey-goosey, lots of fun, lots of energy. So good for them, happy for them, and looking forward to watching them in the playoffs. Absolutely. And if the Yankees and the Padres meet up in the World Series, uh, they're going to steal all of the bases in the world. So the Yankees oh, yeah, do sure. not check on their runners. Uh, listen, though, Eric Kratz, though, I'm sure he could throw him out from his knees. <laughs> Eric, oh, I can't believe we missed this. We Eric missed Kratz with the best knuckleball of the year. I think the best part of that is when he threw behind everyone and he was like, oh, look out. And, you know, <laughs> and then he, he hit doll back and he's like, yeah, come get it. Come get it, man. I have to say, I think that Eric Kratz is the coolest thing since sliced bread. And not just because he probably was the one that invented sliced bread because, you know, he's old. Super old. Right. Exactly. I didn't expect to like Eric Kratz as much as I did. I know. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, I'm I'm sad that we missed that, but of course we got to cover that real briefly. So anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. I think, oh, what's the schedule next time? Next time we wrap up, we'll have our final playoff predictions, uh, matching up with likely the Minnesota twins. We'll kind of break that down and do a more in-depth discussion of what we expect to see. Uh, it's next week. I'll have a lot more time to actually sit down and go through the stats. Um, but yeah, I mean, for now, we're just kind of, we're kind of in a holding pattern and we're, we just, are. We we're are. just talking about the fun stuff where, you know, Brett Gardner's stalker, Eric Kratz's knuckleball, uh, just talking about the fun stuff. And then next week Absolutely. it's going to get serious again. Absolutely. Well, good. Well, 
Ladies and gentlemen, regular season is almost over. We're getting ready for playoffs. Almost there. Almost there. All right. So we will wrap it up there. Came, oh, dangerously close to an hour. I keep losing track of the time. But we will wrap it up there and see you all next week. Sounds good. Goodbye.